All right, on today's episode of Locked On Warriors, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, sometimes the Golden State Warriors, sometimes the who knows? You you called games LA Clippers, baby. <laughs> um, Kevin Dana and I, we're gonna play a little game on today's episode of Locked On Warriors. I'm gonna play the part of overreacting Sai, and Kevin's gonna play the part of pragmatic Kevo. And I'm going to overreact to a lot of things because the Warriors through four games are two and two, and they kind of got embarrassed on national television by the Phoenix Suns. Look, in reality, there's no overreacting to anything. It's just four games. The Golden State Warriors are the defending world champions, but there are things you can pick at. So I'm going to play the role of the overreactor. Kevin's going to put me in my place and ease the entire Dub Nation populace you're going to calm them down. That's the, I'm not putting any pressure on you at all, Kevin. None at all. You're going to be the guy that puts everyone in a happy place. No pressure whatsoever, bud. In, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax, relax. <laughs> this is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. You can follow Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, and then some on Twitter at Kevo408. We're recording this Tuesday night, October 25th, uh, shortly after the conclusion of the Warriors losing handily to the Phoenix Suns in a game that I'm guessing the Suns took much more seriously uh, than the Golden State Warriors. But the final score does not lie. 134-105. Kevin, what is your first reaction before we play our game of overreacting and being pragmatic? But what is your first reaction to the Warriors losing by 29 points? And my first reaction is at some point, the Warriors will need to be a better defensive team than they are right now. I think it's no question that they're going to be a better defensive team, say, a month from now than they are right now. But, I mean, what, they've given up 11 30-point quarters and 16 quarters played mm. in another quarter with 29 points in a throwaway fourth quarter against Phoenix. Like, it, it doesn't look good right now. It just looks like they're not on the same page defensively in spots. I, I remember there was that one play in the second quarter, a bucket that Phoenix got a dunk on to make it 62 to 58, where I believe it was Stephen Poole. Uh, I think Reggie Miller on the broadcast said that was supposed to be a switch, but that oh. wasn't communicated. And like, they just kind of stood together. And then whoever it was on the backside, whether it was, forget if it was Bridges or, or Cam or not Cam Johnson or Cameron Payne. One of those guys got just like a wide open dunk to push the lead back up to four. Um, I thought the offense for the most part, like looked pretty good. And then obviously like when clay goes out um, that changed a lot and they just yeah. kind of lost steam after that. But I think the big takeaway is like defensively, I mean, this is a team that prides itself in like being one of the best 
field goal percentage defense teams, one of the best defensive rating teams. And Phoenix shot 51% on him. The Nuggets did whatever they wanted to him. And the Sacramento Kings put up a lot of points on them too. And even in the Lakers game, I remember we were talking uh, last week where you thought they should have held the Lakers like 95 points. I thought they should have held them to like 103 or 105. And despite the Lakers shooting 25% from three, they were still able to get to 109. In that yeah. Game. So I, I the, the defense is the main takeaway. Like, it would be nice if this is the thing that is improved quickest. I guess. Right. Like, I have no doubt that they're going to improve defensively. Like that's going to happen. This is one of the best defensive teams of the last decade, ever since Steve Kerr's got there. Right. But just through four games, it hasn't been there. It has not. And just to add on to that, uh, I, if I don't quote me on this, but I'm like 95% certain this is true. A uh, friend of a friend told me Raymond Ritter, the, the legend, the greatest PR man in all of sports, maybe just all of the planet, period. Uh, he revealed the stat, which is that for the th- for three straight games, uh, the Golden State Warriors have given up 70 or more points in the first half. That has never yeah. happened before in franchise history. That is not a mark you want to reach. And that's a little alarming. So I guess let's start there with the overreaction. Uh, Three straight games where 70 more points have been given up in the first half. The perimeter defense is non-existent. And that Suns game, and and we can go back to the Nuggets game, even that Lakers game on opening night, teams are shooting wide open threes. I do not see uh, defenders out there putting their hands and faces. I don't see contested shots. Uh, and so when those those shots are falling in, the Warriors are screwed. And that was as evident by tonight. Um, and just to add on to this, obviously, the one person that I feel like will be helping tremendously is Gary Payne II, who is no longer with the team. Um, pragmatic Kevo, step in, please. Uh, I'm overreacting. Is this defense in huge trouble? Uh, no. You know, if you put the C and the Y in your name really closely together, Cyrus, it almost looks like a Q, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, I was gonna go there. I was gonna go there, man. I was gonna, I was gonna go there. But uh, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, what was the what was the exact question again? So I can like state it back to you. First time in Warriors history they've given up seventy yeah. points in the first. That half is a true stat. Games. That is a true stat. Uh, I the Warriors. No, okay. I remember what you said. The Warriors defense is not in trouble. Uh, this is what pragmatic Kevo says <laughs> because there's just too much history. Where like to to say otherwise, like they had stretches in February and March last year where they like really couldn't guard it. You know, they went from like 42 and 17 or whatever it was to, you know, they were losing what eight of 10 or like he's gotten a really bad stretch when Draymond was out and then Steph goes out. And obviously those guys are here right now. So it's, it's a different situation. Defense still isn't looking good. But it's a small sample size. This is a team that obviously dealt with a non-conventional preseason coming off a prolonged postseason. So you right. go to June, um, then then you come back. And, yeah, I know this is this is more like excuse Kevo than pragmatic Kevo. But, <laughs> hey, this is state-run radio here. I am, <laughs> I am a, a voice of the state and not of the people. I will remind you of that. Um, and, and then, you, you know, you start training, you, you have training camp for a few days and then you go to Japan, right? And then you, then you come back from Japan and there's the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green thing. Um, and, and, and so 
you know, like, in, I mean, obviously they're still working on stuff defensively, but there wasn't as much time. You know, if, if Draymond was away from the team for a week, right? And like, he's your best defensive player and he's the guy who sets the example defensively. And so if during training camp, that voice isn't there for a week, that that's not a great thing. Obviously, he had to be away from the team right. for, for other reasons. But like the downside of that is that that defensive wisdom that Draymond's able to share, he wasn't able to share. And through four games, like it's showing that they just haven't put together a complete game defensively. Right. That said, there's 78 games left. And this is stuff that if any team could work this stuff out during the regular season, it's the Golden State Warriors. And so that's why I'm not worried. Now, if we're 20 games into the season and their defensive rating is 116, then uh, come back and talk to me. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be pragmatic, Kevo. It would be uh, kind of panicking, Kevo. But we're, we are far from there. All right. I was gonna look up real quick what the the team defense is this year. Are they were are they the worst team in the NBA right now in terms of a uh, defense? You know, I don't know. I also like the NBA.com stats probably haven't updated from tonight, and it's such a small sample size in the year that like whatever the defensive rating is, go from their first three games, it, it's gonna skyrocket after this game. So like it's going to be worse. Uh, but like where that, I don't know. I purposely don't look at like. NBA rankings of stats until there's a bit bigger sample size. That's yeah, also that's code for me saying I haven't done the research. No, I, I looked it up right now, and, and at least on ESPN.com. And uh, if it, it this has through three games, so they haven't counted nights. Yeah. But entering tonight, they were 25th out of 30 teams in the NBA in, in uh, points given up, at least. Um, well, all right. What's that number? I can do the math for you. What was the points per game number through? Uh, so through three games, they had given up um, 120.7 per game. All right, so that's 362 plus 134 is 495. So that's 123.8. Oh uh, yeah, 123.8 points per game. All right, so if so right so if the, if everything else stands still, they'll be tied for last, or they'll be second to last. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. The Nuggets are dead last, uh, interestingly enough. So. Oh boy. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to, when we come back, obviously I'm going to overreact to a lot more things, including Kevin, that letter Q that you alluded to, because I was thinking that exact same thing. And we're going to touch on that in just a moment. First, I uh, got to give some love to LinkedIn, a relatively new sponsor of Locked On Warriors. And look, folks, especially employers, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. I mean, someone out there, might need a new play-by-play -play broadcaster. And Kevin Dana is just sitting out there. He's on LinkedIn. But if you're not using LinkedIn jobs, you're not going to find Kevin Dana. You might instead find some schmo and you're going to regret it later on. You want to be 100% certain that you find the best talent, including... All right, Kevin, are you on LinkedIn? Let's just confirm that. I, I am link on okay. LinkedIn. But I, I will say this. If, you, uh, if you're not on LinkedIn and you look for a play-by-play -play guy, chances are you're going to find someone who doesn't say Vincent Wembenyama. <laughs> fair enough well but linkedin jobs is absolutely the place where you can find the right people for your team it's faster it's free linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba again that's linkedin.com 
slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen today. Later on, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Side note, I love the host of Locked On uh, Sports today. Peter, he's a great dude. Uh, you can follow, and another great dude is Kevin Dana. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevo408. Um, let's talk about the letter Q. More specifically, the full name is Quindary Weatherspoon. This is a player I think you and I both liked a lot last year. Um, I was a little surprised that the team did not offer him a guaranteed deal. They initially were going to keep him on as a as a, a two-way player, and then they decide, now nah, we're just going to let you go. And And he's still not with the team. The Warriors can, in theory, still get him back. That possibility does exist for now. Um, they went with Ty Jerome. I look and 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 uh, and Lamb as well. When I saw Ty Jerome out there tonight, um, I was not that impressed. I didn't get it. I miss Quindary Weatherspoon. I'm overreacting. Pragmatic Kevo, put me in, in ease, please. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I miss Quindary Weatherspoon too because I. I absolutely, he was a game changer for Santa Cruz last year. And, you know, especially when they play the Phoenix Suns, one of the things that you think about with Quindary Weatherspoon is his game against the Phoenix Suns uh, on Christmas last year. He was a real factor in that win. And then in one of the wins over San Antonio, he he was a factor in, in the regular season last year too. The Chioza game, yes. Yeah, yeah, the the Chioza game. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I think Moses Moody had a huge game, and that was yes, he did. The yes, bench he did. had a bit like the bench like delivered a victory in that one. Um, it was their first road game in San Antonio because I did the second road game in San Antonio, uh, <laughs> game eighty one. But nice, nice little slide in there too. That was yeah, fun. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just, just saying, NBA teams I broadcast games for are eight and two when I broadcast their games. So <laughs> if you want to win, obviously you know who, who to look for. Um, here's the thing: like when it comes to these last two-way spots, it's not about necessarily who the better overall player is. It's about who's the better fit. And Steve Kerr made the decision that like positionally Ty Jerome was a better fit. He's yeah. not saying that Ty Jerome's a better player than Quindary Weatherspoon. He's saying for this roster that Ty Jerome made better sense. Um, and Steve Kerr knows his roster better than I do. And like, <laughs> all right, looking at Ty Jerome's box score tonight, um, two assists, no turnovers. Yeah. Minus eight and 12 and a half missed his only shot, but like, they want like that ball control kind of backup guard option. And with Dante DiVincenzo out tonight, like it made sense for him to get rotation minutes. And I didn't think he like, I I thought he was far from the reason why golden state lost tonight. Oh yeah. 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 I would, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Um, There was a myriad of reasons why they lost. And, And you touched on it at the beginning that, 
the moment Clay Thompson was ejected, uh, it all the steam went out of the the Warriors bluster, and they were yeah. done. I, they were done after that. Um, okay, which uh, leads to another overreaction, which is um, John. Well, we're, okay, yeah. So I was I was going to see if we needed a, I needed to read a sponsor here. Not yet. Um, Jonathan Kaminga. This is for me. Uh, I, this is the only part of this whole show today and the only part of the Warriors in terms of critique that I do think has a little validity right now, which is that Jonathan Kaminga through four games this year is showing a regression from four games his rookie season. Um, he does not look like someone who's comfortable out there. Uh, clearly, Steve Kerr does not trust him, as evident by the fact that he did not enter the game until approximately three minutes remaining in the third quarter. Um, you know, I, I get that there's an issue here a little bit with minutes distribution, right? I mean, it's it's who, whose minutes are you going to take away to play Kaminga? Well, I actually came up with, with that tonight. I actually was thinking about that hard, long and hard. Uh, and Kevon Looney struggles against certain bigs in the game. Like, think back to the first round of the playoffs last year against the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic ate him alive. And Jokic ate him alive again a couple games ago. Uh, DeAndre Aiden was also similarly eating him up. Uh, just for some reason, Looney, they're just certain bigs who have a great post-up game who just destroy him. He just can't block shots efficiently, so they just shoot over him all day. And if they have a, a you know great touch on their shot from 5 to 10 feet, that ball's going in almost every time. I thought Kaminga could have eaten some of Looney's minutes tonight. Um, I know Ty Jerome only played, I think, three first-half minutes. But again, those are three minutes I thought Kaminga could have used a little more. Um, and and the minutes could be there, right? It, it could work. My issue is Jonathan Kaminga will never develop his game if he doesn't actually play. And I don't think you can send him to Santa Cruz at this point. I don't I don't I just don't like the message that would send. I don't know if he would recover psychologically from that. Um, but at the same time, and this is where maybe I'm overreacting, I but I don't think the Warriors repeat as world champions if Jonathan Kaminga does not develop his game this year and become a legitimate contributor. Uh, am I overreacting here? Maybe this is pragmatic. Your thoughts, Kev? You know, uh, I'm going to give a non-answer because I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like put it in a overreaction, non-overreaction. I will counterpoint with this. Please. That, like, he is playing more at the beginning of this year than he played at the beginning of last year. And, like, he okay. is lathering up. I'm just looking at his game log from last year. He didn't play in a regular season game until October 30th last right. year, which is, like, two weeks into the season. He didn't play 15 minutes into a game uh, of a game until like almost mid-November last year against the Chicago Bulls. And, and, and so I, I bring that up because, all right, yeah, you know, it, he's not starting from square one like he was last year, but in some respects, there is like more competition he's dealing with this year. There's a James Wiseman who's healthy. There's a Jamichael Green there. And, and yeah. obviously, I mean, like maybe he takes the place of Otto Porter like kind of structurally in the organization or whatever. But like there is, you know, there are other big men that he has to like contend with. And mm -hmm. this is a team that will go small at times, you know, not to mention Draymond Green, uh, Kavon Looney. And so I would wait 
more than four games to say they're not playing Jonathan Kaminga enough. Like at the end of the day, yes, it was garbage time, but he still got to 15 minutes tonight. Um, And yeah, I mean, it is a tough one because you want to see Jonathan Kaminga play. You want to see him get more comfortable. And it's also like Kevon Looney only played 17 minutes tonight. Uh, You know, James Wiseman played 18 minutes. And I know that their their minutes were more rotation heavy than Kaminga's were tonight. Like, there's no doubt about that. Right. But I think four games is too small of a sample size to say, like, there's an organizational, like, commitment to not playing Jonathan Kaminga this year. Because Steve Kerr has said there are going to be nights when certain guys don't play. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, that's true. You know, that's that's kind of where we're at. Let, let, let's give this another couple weeks before we say, uh, before you know, Cyrus Bayless comes out and and, and oh no, and, am I that bad, dude? Am I really? <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just messing around with you. But I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, if I accrue uh, uh, Skip Bayless as well, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it, but. Uh, Otherwise, no. <laughs> um, and just to look at the game log here real quick, I'm, uh, just uh, Jonathan Kaminga last year, his first game was October 30th against the Thunder at home. He played six minutes at three points, no rebounds or assists. His second game was November 3rd at home against Charlotte. No points, no nothing, but he only played two minutes. I almost don't want to count that. Uh, he played against New Orleans at home in his, his third game, played seven minutes at two points. Um, and then when you look at actual meaningful action, like he, his, uh, one, two, three, four, five, his sixth career game, he played 16 minutes, had eight points and four of six shooting his seventh yeah. game he had nine points and only 10 minutes of play. Uh, next game after that, he had seven points. And then you look at the log this year, um, where he has played in all four games and his minutes are, yeah, I don't know. Like his, the opener, he had 13 minutes of play, zero points. Uh, second game against the Nuggets where they lost, he played eight minutes, four points. Uh, third game against the Kings, he played seven minutes, four points. And then tonight, in 15 minutes of play, four points again, uh, added three rebounds. I guess I'm just I, – I, I just expected a little more. I know, I know it's only four games, but I just expected a little more so far. And, and I guess the, the bigger issue here again, and I do believe this legitimately, that – if Jonathan Kaminga does not progress and show legitimate signs of improvement, I really don't know if the Warriors repeat. I really don't. Because what they gave up last year in terms of Gary Payne II, Otto Porter Jr., you couple that with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green being a year older. Um, and that's going to be the next overreaction I'm going to bring to you in just a moment here in terms of whether or not uh, Clay and Dre are maybe done. I mean, I, I don't know for sure what we can say about that. I mean, it's the regression is is obvious to me. Um, I'll I'll find out from your perspective if that's an overreaction or uh, or not, or maybe there's some truth to it. First, got to give some love to Bet Online, another longtime sponsor of this program, and more specifically, BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Um, I got something interesting here uh, in terms of betting. This is courtesy of Jimmy Shapiro, the president of Bet Online. Uh, you can bet on Russell Westbrook. And whether or not he's going to be traded. Uh, if you bet yes, it's minus 600. Not good odds. Meaning what? 
Yeah, meaning if you bet $6, you get a dollar back. So all signs are they're going to trade them. And if you think he's going to stay with the Lakers, it's plus 350. Uh, so that's where the action is in terms of decent, uh, uh, you know, payback. Um, and then the other one is if he's going to be traded by Thanksgiving, which is November 24th this year. Yes is plus 110. No is minus 140. Your thoughts on that wild uh, proposition? Oh, yeah. No, that, <laughs> that that's it. I mean, <laughs> minus 600 for a yes, like. I think like the contract itself, like I know it's expiring, but like it's a lot of Big. money to move. Like you need to take a lot of money back to make it work. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seems like a little low. I mean, like, like wow, like I would not have put it at minus six hundred. And remember, again, these lines are are public perception right so they're yeah, just yeah, going yeah, up totally. like that most people and then here's the other thing you could also uh uh pick the team that you think russell westbrook's gonna be traded to so uh the indiana pacers are the favorites at three yeah. odds so you bet uh two dollars you'll get three back um the charlotte hornets are second the spurs are third and this is where it gets weird because you do have to match salary so i don't know who you who you would get Back from the Spurs, if you made that trade. Uh, the Utah Jazz, the New Orleans Pelicans are fifth, and the Phoenix Suns and Brooklyn Nets rounded out. Any thoughts on the team that he might get traded to? That is some wild stuff there. I, I'd I think. say, like, likely ones. I mean, Indiana would make a lot of sense. You think about, like, you know, Miles Turner slash Buddy Heald. You attach right. some picks to that. Which, if I'm the Lakers, I would do in a heartbeat. I would give those picks up, like, whatever. Like, those yes. picks would be, like, what, 20, 27, 2029? Five years from now, yes. You, five you, years You can trade yes. back into the draft in five years. Like, <laughs> yeah, I try to make this work with LeBron and, and, and AD. Like, if you can get that value, you obviously need shooters. Like, through their first three games from theory, they're, like, 25 of 118 from downtown. Like, yikes. So they got to do something about that. Um, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, like, I could see that. More, like, you know, there were talks about Kyrie Irving, and, you know, like that, you know, LeBron and Kyrie's work before um, delivered Cleveland its only championship the city's had and however long it was, the 1950s. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, I think those two make sense. I've heard the, the Hornets thrown around a lot as well, just kind of on the Twitterverse or on talk radio. I guess those would be the three teams I would say most likely would happen. Um, again, like three games is a small sample size to say Russ needs to go. But, like, what is for sure is that the Lakers need more shooting. Oh, yeah. And the best way to get more shooting – right now is you got to trade for guys and you're going to have to give something of value up. And that something would be Russell Westbrook. You would think. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind as well is um, if you, if you trade for Russell Westbrook, you can trade him again in two months. I think there's like a 60 day moratorium between acquiring the player before you can trade him again. Um, so in theory, like let's say you're the nets and you trade, Westbrook 
uh, uh, you or you, you trade Kyrie Irving for Westbrook, but you also get those two first round picks. You can then two months from now trade Westbrook again and then keep those two first round picks and then hopefully get something else in the process. But yeah, it's fascinating. I, I do think the Lakers, you know, I could care less how they do, but if, you know, if they want to succeed, they got to move him. I, I don't see, but what regardless, betonline.net, that's how you can actually bet on that. Um, head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wherever you get podcasts, and of course, right here on YouTube, uh, you can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo 408 All right, here's the next thing, my next overreaction. Clay Thompson was ejected tonight. Uh, Steve Kerr alluded to it in the in the postgame uh, uh, press conference, saying that um, Clay and Devin Booker have a history. Uh, in fact, I'll play the soundbite real quick. This is Devin Booker talking about uh, the skirmish that they got into that resulted in Clay Thompson um, being ejected for the first time in his career. I thought that was uh, very newsworthy. Anyways, here's Booker uh, addressing that really fast here. And I love Clay Thompson, and I have from the beginning. You know, from the draft coming out, I said I wanted to be Clay Thompson. You know, that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other. So I have fun with it. Big fan of his and his and his competitive nature, um, and that's that. And, and, and again, the, Kerr mentioned that these two have always had. Uh, a bit of a chippiness between them. You know, there, there's a lot of trash talking going on. But tonight, Clay lost it. You know, he just could not keep his cool. Ejected for the first time in his entire career. But he was not having a good night regardless. Uh, when he was ejected, uh, Clay was shooting just one for eight from the field. He was 0 for five from three. And then when you when you couple that with Draymond Green, um, who entering the game tonight was only averaging four rebounds per game. Uh, he actually had 14 points. I think that's a season high for him. But um, he, he, look, I, I, from the eye test, Draymond Green defensively, which is supposed to be his strongest suit, is still amazing. But I don't know if he's the same player he was. I am seeing with my eyes, with my observation skills, a player that is showing signs of regression. Uh, Clay Thompson, I would not agree with that notion. I think Clay is, he, look, he's behind on conditioning. Um, you know, he's he's admitted he had the mental hurdles that prevented him from playing pickup basketball this last summer, which has been part of his routine. So I'm going to excuse him. I, to me, Clay Thompson, let's give him that 20 game window uh, before we have any conversations about a regression from him, because I don't see it. I think he's going to be OK. Dre's another issue. Am I overreacting? Uh, pragmatic, uh, calm, Kevo. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would say that's an overreaction uh, because. What I've seen from Draymond Green is a guy who's a lot more aggressive offensively. Right. He scored double digits twice already this season. Right. Like, Draymond Green is not known for scoring double digits twice in a four-game span. In this stage of his career, it's not something he's necessarily focused on. He's looking for his offense more. I mean, I thought he was very impactful tonight. You know, 14-8, I think he had three steals in the game, five assists. Um, like he was seven of 10 from the field. He was efficient. He had yeah. that long two that looked like a three. So I know like the first shot. Yeah. Jumper. Yeah. Um, like I think he's looked pretty good and like 
there I, I still see him drawing like a lot of offensive fouls on on opposing posts like DeAndre Aiden picked up an offensive foul it, he uh, against him like early in the third quarter I want to say Draymond tried to draw another offensive foul when he pulled him on him uh, in the first half I thought that was uh, obviously a foul on Draymond there I thought that was the right call but like he's still up to kind of his, his, his bag of tricks I think he's looked decent like at I I think he's been pretty good for Golden State to start. I, I think he's pretty in tune. Like he they talked about him having a really good offseason as far as you know being in shape and kind of just being basketball ready. I that's what I've seen from Draymond Green. With respect to Clay Thompson, remember the you know, in I think it was 2018-19 when he had 14 threes in a game mm. against the Chicago Bulls. Mm. Like before that. He was having like a horrendous shooting year. You're right. He's like twenty something percent from three. It I was like, that, yeah. it was like a, what eight to ten game. I I don't remember exactly when in the season that was, but it was like you know it was at least five, six, seven, eight games, something like that. It, I think it was in early November that game against Chicago, late October, some somewhere around there. I probably should have looked that up beforehand, but um, Shame but like. You. Yeah. <laughs> but like he has had like monster slumps before yeah. then all of a sudden he's going to put together seven for 10 eight for 12 six for 13 and all of a sudden he's shooting 37 percent from three um so no and i actually thought this was like the spryest clay has looked in a while like Agreed. when his competitive juices were flowing in that third quarter he got the strip on a on a Devin Booker shot, like he was moving his feet well, he was fighting over screens, like the shot wasn't falling, like but like eight shots isn't enough of a sample size for me to say, oh, he's lost his shot or whatever. I was like, I was impressed with what I saw on the defensive end for like that one stretch where like they were jawing back and forth. That let me know that all right, yeah, this guy's definitely still got it. I wasn't worried about it, and I, I'm still not worried about it. I was actually more encouraged. Yeah, I. And the thing with Draymond, I, I totally agree with you. Offensively, he's 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 certainly um, uh, shown an uptick in production. I mean, he's worked on his game. He's aggressive attacking the rim. I think he had two big dunks tonight on top of that long two, which I yep. thought was a three. I, I don't know. I, I, I even hit the rewind button and looked at it. His feet looked behind the line. I don't know if they didn't it's, review it's it. It's the deep state, Cyrus. <laughs> the we're in Arizona, man. Um, so... Uh, but again, the problem I have with Draymond where I see the regression is defensively. Um, and and case in point, Anthony Davis, game one, was putting up shots with ease. Normally, Draymond has his number. AD was doing okay. And, and, the, and the numbers show. Anthony Davis is like, a, when he's right, he's like one of the top 10 players in the NBA. That's right, right. But, ones, but, but Draymond's who you count on to stop these guys. And then, and then Nikola Jokic in game two. Had a huge game. Aaron Gordon, uh, who's the power forward uh, for the Nuggets, I think had a pretty uh, solid offensive game. And actually, I want to look that up uh, for the numbers. Uh, Aaron Gordon in that game uh, had, uh, okay, 10 points, but 5 for 12 shooting. Uh, he went 0 for 6 from 3. I don't know if you attribute that to, to Draymond or not. And then you look at the third game against the Kings. I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't want to go to that one. But tonight... Just because I don't have anything, I, did Sabonis play big that game? I don't know. I I actually have no memory of, uh, you I, know, I, the box score for that game. Reason. Um, my point is, and when you look at tonight, 
both uh, uh, DeAndre Aiden, Cam Johnson. I just did not see this the, the Draymond that normally causes a lot of problems on opposing bigs. He normally is a borderline lockdown defender when it comes to uh, opponents' bigs, and I'm just not seeing that so far. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe this is an overreaction. Sabonis, by the way, had 19 points, 14 rebounds uh, in that in that 130-125 loss to the Warriors. I don't know. Yeah, am I, so you think I'm crazy? Pragmatic Kevo is saying chill? I am wondering where your whereabouts were on January 6, 2021. No, I'm, I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> um, but, like, all right, if he has these problems in the playoffs, if DeAndre Ayton's schooling him in the playoffs, which, I mean, he wouldn't get all the minutes on DeAndre Ayton. Kevon Looney obviously would get some. James Wiseman would get some. But, yeah. like, if, he, if he's getting burned in the playoffs, I would be – then I would have some concern. Okay. Come playoff time – what happened in the end of game three against the Denver Nuggets, right? Like, was Draymond Green ripping the ball away from Nikola? Like, Nikola Jokic still got his numbers. Like, these guys yeah, are still going to get their numbers. But, like, in crunch time, that's when you see Draymond Green step it up defensively and win games. There hasn't been, like, a real crunch time. Like, there have been – I mean, I guess technically they've played in two crunch time games five within five points in the final five minutes, whatever – with Sacramento and Denver, but there hasn't been like a, you know, this is a possession. You got to yeah. have this stop defensively. The game is really on the line on this play. And like, so I don't think we can judge that yet. That was good. Like, I, my concern is like plenty of good defensive stuff. From him. My concern only is, is extends to the NBA finals. Draymond had three bad games and I've never seen Draymond have bad postseason games in my life until those three games and that raised alarms. You, you look at the back thing, you look at his age, he's got that streak of gray in that beard. Now it's freaking me out a little bit, man. I'm freaking out a little. Uh, I, I, I want to ask you two questions and we'll wrap it up. I know you're exhausted and you have a long day tomorrow We're recording. This is past 11 now. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, what do you see happening there, man? Like, how do you think this is going to get resolved? How do how is Jonathan Kaminga, going to develop and become the player that the Warriors need him to become if they want to defend the world championship? Well, how, how many, I mean, like Draymond Green, he's not going to play 30 minutes a game, 82 games, right? Like, Correct. Kevon Looney, I mean, all right, he played 82 games last year. Maybe he's going to be playing 82 games again this year. I'm sure he would like to play 82 games again. Uh, but he's kind of on a pitch count too. Um, like, the minutes will be there. There are going to be games where the veterans don't play this year and be a prime time for like Kaminga to get serious, meaningful minutes. Um, like when you were mentioning his games or his sixth game where he had 15 minutes and did eight, you know, or seven point eight, ten 10 points in nine minutes. Like that was like game 15 of the season or whatever, even though it was game six or seven for him, it was like game 15 for golden state. Like, he is getting some rotation minutes right now, which is a more advanced stage than it was for Jonathan Kaminga game four of his rookie year. Like, there is progression in, like, the kinds of meaningful minutes he's getting as opposed to this time last year. And, like, I just think it's going to kind of lather into more meaningful minutes um, unless he's not producing or whatever. And then – then there's another conversation to be had there. But, like, even then, like, he is still 20 years old. 
he is still someone who, I mean, what he's played serious level basketball since he, at, at 13, which is like older than when most guys who are in the NBA right now start playing. So yeah, uh, that's that's why I I would not be overly concerned with with what's happening with Jonathan Kaminga right now. Sounds good. And, and I know we're going late here. Uh, uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, everyone, for, for putting up with this. I, I want to um, uh, quickly play this soundbite that just came in. Because, uh, again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. This is immediately after the, the Warriors-Suns game. Uh, and this is uh, Stephen Curry talking about the Clay Thompson ejection. Uh, and um, Steph doesn't feel like it was deserved. Why don't we take a listen to Stephen Curry and hear what he has to say. This was his first career ejection in like 700. For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he didn't talk. He didn't talk for like the first six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now they had to voice. The hard yeah. hand gesture or something you picked up. Yeah. Before. That makes sense. Um, but with this, now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got it. Uh, no, just so I got two. I think it's only two. <laughs> Mouthpiece and me and man, respect. Okay. So you, you doubled them. That's cool. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a different question. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna come back. <laughs> uh, with it being his first career injection, I mean, what do you think just tips him over the edge in that moment? It obviously him and Booker were going back and forth about that entire quarter, but what tips him over? What do you see? The conversation is part of basketball. I mean, it happened every night, but it's not a surprise. I actually thought it wasn't. The ejection worthy because we were all kind of 800 people on the court trying yeah. to get everybody out the way and they just felt like it was too much but i disagree with that because it was a lot of just chirping on both sides and everybody was trying to um you know collect themselves in that moment um and then obviously after they got thrown out he had a lot more to say which i love but um yeah, and the, the back and forth is part of it. Uh, I like that he's engaged in that respect because it matters. It matters to him. Um, you know, sure, we have to you know, keep, it, keep it together going forward. All right, there you go. That was Stephen Curry uh talking about the ejection didn't think he was deserved that was a fun little back and forth at the beginning there talking about just career all-time ejections um kevin i and i do want to end on a positive note i think moses moody looked fantastic i love yeah. moses moody i love that he's going to be a few uh you know part of the future of this team and i thought james wiseman looked great um i'm really loving his progress and and when i see wiseman growing as a player you see the timing starting to to, to click with him in terms of being at the right place at the right time making the right moves making the right cuts um there was a sequence there early in the game where they were forcing the ball to him it was like three straight possessions that resulted in turnovers or missed shots but that you could see that that coming and and that's really exciting the chemistry between jordan Poole and wiseman is super exciting and hopefully with kaminga you know he's just on that pace on that uh, you know that that progress line that Wiseman um is on as well it's just that coming is a year or two behind so um any last thoughts from you as we wrap things up here on a Warriors Suns post game show 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I was super impressed by Moses Moody too. I just think the guy's a pro, right? He yeah. gets it. He just get like yeah. there are people who say he gets it. Moses Moody gets it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and just everything that kind of like comes with that, right? Like he just yeah. He knows how to comport himself within a team structure. He knows how, and I'm not saying that other players don't. I'm just saying, like, yes, sure. that, okay. that guy doesn't. <laughs> um, uh, Cyrus A. Satsas here on, uh, <laughs> on Locked On Warriors. Um, <laughs> I'm just messing around, but uh, yeah, no, he just like he he knows how to handle business, and yes, he does. I'm I'm not surprised at all to see him like take this next step in his career. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess we kind of hit on everything today. Oh yeah, I mean James Wiseman. I think like the next step for him is getting his timing timing on defense. Um, you see him like leave his feet from time to time, but offensively, I, I'm loving what I see from James Wiseman. Yeah, I mean I know it's garbage time, but even the face up jumper he hit in the fourth quarter with like a minute to go. To you know, pull the Warriors within twenty three with seventy five yeah. seconds left, or whatever it was. Like he is so skilled. Uh, like he is, yeah, he has, like, yeah, he's skilled, and he runs the floor hard, and he's taking to coaching, and he cares, and he's put in the time, and like I've, I've, I mean, you know me, and maybe I wouldn't say any differently as a remember the Santa Cruz Warriors, like. I wasn't going to say last year, oh, he's a bust, yada, this, that. But, like, I didn't think that. Like, I genuinely thought that this guy was going to be fine. And I think what we've seen thus far, this guy is going to be fine. And Absolutely. I'm totally happy that the Warriors took him number two overall in 2021. I'm encouraged. I mean, in hindsight, that's for another show, but I I do kind of wish – They'd made the play for the number one pick because Anthony Edwards on the Warriors right now just makes me fantasize about a whole bunch of other stuff. But for keeping the pick and for who is available, I yeah, I'm with you 100 yeah. percent happy with him. Still prefer him over uh over uh uh Lamelo Ball. Um, so yeah, I'm encouraged there as well. They just got to figure out this perimeter defense, man. And Quindory Weatherspoon, I think I think he's still out there. He's still out there. That was a little depressing seeing him on ring night, man. I didn't like that, man, but what are you going to do? What, what, what would you put as a percentage? And we'll, we'll leave on this note. What would you say are the odds and, and stated as a percentage that Quindary Weatherspoon could once again be a member of the Golden State Warriors? Oh, man. I wouldn't even know where to begin with that one. That's, that's tough. That's a, All right, Ken, go. Oh, Have man. a great night, man. Thank yeah. you, everyone. <laughs> That's a good no. question. That's a good question. <laughs> I wish I had, like, a good answer for you, but I feel like any number – I could say 5% and feel like an idiot. I could say 95% and feel like an idiot. <laughs> like, I, I have no read. Uh, oh, man. It's David. not just, like, those, those back-end roster spots. Like, it's, like – yeah, it, it, it's tough to predict. Like – I mean, they're they're like depending on how a season goes, like it 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 all like depends on like who you want to give a look to as like right. are you looking to develop someone? Are you looking to get someone who could help you win games? Are you get you want someone who could like just fill in because they know your system. 
I yeah. I, so I yeah. I'm gonna go uh, you know PC principle here. Give you a politically correct answer and like say I I really don't know. <laughs> that sounds good. That's all you can say, man. You're being honest. I love it. Yeah. All right, Damon Bruce joins the show on Thursday. You can catch Kevin Dana. Uh, do you know what time your your uh, your Gary St. Jean roundtable show is going to be? 6 p.m. Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. 95-7 El Partido, the game. There you go. And the man who's going to be preceding you, Damon Bruce, uh, will be joining the next episode of Locked On Warriors here. Thank you, everyone. Kevin, love you, man. Thanks, as always. You can follow Kevin Dana again on Twitter at Kevo408. Peace out, everyone.